Hey everybody, it's the middle of the week. My name is Jen the Builder. And I am Corey. And we are so glad that you are here with us on Take the Elevator. How is everybody? Welcome, welcome. Come on in. Yeah, please come on in. Corey, we're going to get right to it. We are going to go ahead and get started with my favorite thing. Not so much your favorite thing, but we're going to do it anyways. It's a would you rather moment. I'm adapting I'm and I'm learning. Yeah, and you're getting good at this. And I noticed like you're more calm before we even do these things. Yes, I've given myself a great pep talk, so I'm ready. All right, so go ahead and give me a number. 777. Ew, that reminds me of Vegas. Reminds me of a song that was very popular in the 80s. I don't know that song. 777-9311. I don't even know. I'll have to look it up. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So in the book, uh, it says, would you rather be interviewed by Barbara Walters or Howard Stern? Ooh, okay. I'm ready for that. Like if we were to sit and have to do a podcast with one of them and you're the guest, who would you want to interview with? Uh, Barbara Walters by leaps and bounds. (laughs) Yes. I I would try to make her laugh as much as I possibly could. I actually agree with you. I think I'd be kind of nervous with Howard Stern because uh, I don't know. You know, he's so out there. I kind of go along with him, but. Barbara Walters, for sure. Yeah. Who would you guys rather interview with? I'm interested. Let right. us know. Yes, please let us know. Every day, elevate. Every day, elevate. Here is a question that I really want to ask everyone listening and you, Corey. What have you experienced that's new since the year's begun? Oh, man. Well, the pandemic is still raging. And oh, wow. Yeah. One of the things that I'm experiencing that's very new that's not so good for me is that there are no places to play live. And that kind of sucks because You're talking about music. Yeah. To yeah. go out and play music and yeah. jam and and get with other people and just experience that live music moment. We're learning how to adjust and we're learning how to get by without the live situation. YouTube still offers a a platform to be able to play, but you got to be careful on what you decide to play and and how you do it. Right, right. I think during these times, it's really just changing or switching it up to pretty much say, well, at least I can play. Yeah. Right. Because ultimately that's what it is. And, you know, I had these moments with people on my team today and it was a wonderful team building moment And we were just grateful that we do get to work from home. We appreciated being able to see each other on screen, that we have that capability. Camera works, right? We could see each other in their element and really appreciate who we are at home and get to see families in the background, our pets running around. So it's been a good experience with that. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. So we appreciate what we've got. Every day. As you guys may know, we are talking about self-love this month, and it's been an amazing journey for me thus far to really talk about what that looks like, recall things that are good for us to do. So it's been great so far. Yeah, it has been. Yeah, and I hope you guys are getting a lot from it as well. Thank you guys for the feedback that's coming to us, things that you do. We will share that in the next episode. And all the engagement has been great. Oh, yeah, amazing. 
pictures of people drinking tea. Yeah. What they do for self-care. So mm-hmm. thank you guys for sharing. Thanks so much. Yeah. Well, today, Corey, we're going to talk about being centered and grounded. And people will have their different definitions and different ways to explain that. I'm just going to explain it the best way I can for, for us, if that's okay. Yeah. All right. So when we talk about being centered, this is really your people that you see that typically are very calm and peaceful, right? Just chilled out. Uh, These people have a reference point. So they're able to go back to a certain point when life is challenging, when drama happens, when there's crisis, emotions push them off balance. They go back to their center, they find it and they regain Right. Yeah. Yeah. Regroup, regain. Absolutely. Grounded people are people that you'd really consider as more mindful, very deep sense of thought, completely aware of who they are as a person. They're very connected to who they are. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about. Right. How do you get to that point? Are you at that point? Do you even want to be at that point? What does life look like or feel like when you're centered and grounded? Right. So, Corey, in preparation for this episode, we said, let's let's share a couple of stories, because I think that's really what I go back to when I think about the journey to being centered and grounded. What events in life have taken me to that point? Mm-hmm. When did I realize, like, you need to get it together? Right. Because it's, it's quite messy right now. You are being real messy. Right. Okay. Do you have a moment that you want to share, or do you want me to start? Oh, go ahead. So there's quite a few moments uh, and I'm just going to share. I think we really wanted to focus around addictions and how something takes control over every part of you, literally. Right. So for me, the addiction I want to talk about is smoking. Mm. And some people say, and I've read that it's worse than a heroin addiction. You know, that's what I've heard. Not sure how true that is. But I have to tell you, let me describe it to people who have never smoked. Good for you, first of all, because it is a crazy addiction to wake up in the morning and that be the first thing you think about, the first thing you reach for. And I remember I had a smoke, Corey, after every single moment. It was like an excuse to go smoke. If I have a stressful moment, I'm stressed out, need to step away from this, I'll be back. Or I have a good moment, a high, you know, it's a fun time. Oh, I need to take a breather because that was just way too exciting. So every moment constituted for a cigarette. Right. And it would be the thing that I thought about, like, oh, what time is it? What time is this event over? Because that means I can step away and go take care of that. I mean, I would get anxious if I couldn't find a lighter and so even going back to those memories and and remembering that, it's like, wow, really? That's how deep in it I was. If I couldn't find a cigarette, you know, or if I ran out and didn't have time to go get them, you're like looking for other smokers. That fiend is something I don't miss. Right. Absolutely. And it really held me captive. And I tried time and time again to stop. I would tell myself, this is it. And I want to go back to that when we talk about getting centered and getting grounded and how thoughts play a huge part in all of it. Right. So that's a brief description of my addiction. And it it, it was years, years. I can't even count how many years. I think from the time I was 18, I stopped for a while because I was pregnant with my kids and then ended going back on it because it was more of a social thing, knowing that it became an addiction. Right. 
that is the story. Yeah, I my my story is very similar. Um, it's not the well, you know, I smoked too, but I just was able to turn that loose. Right, um, pretty much cold turkey. You're not saying that I'm special or that I have it all together. Just that was one of those things that I was able to just release. My drug of choice was alcohol, and without going into too many details, I just built a very intense, strong relationship with alcohol after some traumatic events that happened in my life, losing my father, losing my uncle, losing my sister, I realized that I began to slip into this depression and allowed myself to begin to drink every single day, structured my life around alcohol, even got jobs that would allow me to be able Mm. to drink while I was either at work, clubs, bars, etc., and just be able to function as an alcoholic at all times of the day. And my addiction was so bad that, yes, I drank pretty much all day, every day. And yes, I found myself in very dangerous situations, navigating streets and cars and coming home late at night and figuring out how to have my relationship with the with the bottle, with alcohol. It got so bad that I was willing to lose my entire family. And this was during a period of time when you and I were together. Mm-hmm. So I realized that Doing this was going to be the death of me, the death of my family, mm-hmm. and the death of any kind of career or job that I tried to hold because I couldn't manage to be sober long enough to do the job properly anymore. So that was my moment of uncentered, not being grounded, and knowing I need to get back to the place that I'm very familiar with and where I am today. Right. Yeah. You had shared a saying or quote with me that someone shared with you piece of advice that someone gave you. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Something about when there's a break in the, in the clouds or in the storm. Oh yeah. 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 Um, so the thing that I definitely remember is that when, when you get a break in the storm and I don't know what your storm is, whoever's listening, your storm could be anything, but when you get a break, run like hell, get out while you can. Don't waste any time. Don't think about it twice. Just stop and go. I say this because if I didn't run when I did, I wouldn't be here today. I had that very brief moment of clarity, that brief moment of sanity to say, Corey, you got to let this go now. And if you don't, you're going to lose everything, including yourself. And that was that moment that I just jumped up and I ran and I was able to get just far enough away from alcohol because it had a, a hold on me. It had a, a clutch on me that was like unlike anything I've ever had before. And I just was able to have that brief moment to say, I'm done and I can walk away and I'm not looking back. But that wasn't the first time you said you're done. How was it different that time? So the difference that time, as sad as it may sound, I always had help with my addiction. And having that help was so key to me keep falling back into the same pattern. And my help was a very close person to me that had the same addiction that I did. And so every time I found myself getting away, there was always that pull back in to to do it again and to go back. Sure. Once that person was no longer in my life, I was able to walk away and stay away. And so Mm. I know that's hard to tell people to walk away from the person if they're still here with you. But Sometimes you got to do something to save your own self. That's that's for real. Yeah. 
for me, my turning point with smoking after trying and after even lying to you about it because I was so embarrassed that it was still a thing that I was dealing with. There were two things. For some reason, there was just this voice that said, if you don't quit this now, this will be the thing that ends your life. Right. And how can you look at your family, your husband, your kids, knowing that you had every opportunity to walk away from this? Mm -hmm. So that was number one. Number two, I just started thinking about when people who didn't smoke, so just a person, when you breathe in, the idea is as you breathe in oxygen, it goes into your lungs, right? Into your lungs, it goes into your bloodstream, which then flows to your body, to your heart, your vital organs. And then when you exhale, you're exhaling the CO2, which is the things that you want to expel. You know, it's the things your body doesn't need, doesn't want, isn't good for it. And I realized, man, when I'm smoking, I am inhaling CO2, the thing that my body is supposed to expel and reject. And that is what's flowing to my lungs, through my bloodstream, to my body, to my vital organs. And I don't know what it was at that moment. Cry, I don't know why I never thought about it that way. The icing on the cake was when... Chelsea gave me that bracelet that said, just breathe. And I already had made up in my mind that I was done with it. And I learned this when you're walking away from something that has a hold on you, you've got to take it moment by moment, or at least I did. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You know, like for this second right now, I have a craving, get through it mm -hmm. in 30 seconds. This will pass. Right. Cool. I got through five minutes, another craving in 30 seconds, this will pass. One moment became a minute, a minute became an hour, so forth and so on. And now you're looking at over a year. And I am just so happy that I loved myself enough and loved my family enough, love life enough to say, not this way. Right. So I agree with you, Corey. When the clouds break and you see a ray of sunshine or a ray of hope and something's biting at you and talking to you and tugging at you, Listen to that. Listen to that. And I just remember we talked about this stuff all the time. Yeah. Right? I, it sounds ludicrous because you'd be drinking and you would tell me, I don't want to do this anymore. I did. <laughs> and I would look at you like, well, then that's kind of weird because you're doing it right now and I don't get it. True. And so to anyone listening, for the sake of self-love, Listen to those moments. Corey, you made a good point. Walk away from people who are holding you down. Yeah. This is by an author named Joyce Heatherly, and she compares two different groups of people, balcony people and basement people. As you can imagine, the people who are in the balcony of your life, these are the people cheering you on, people giving you energy, affirmation, positive, and then people in the basement are people who do exactly opposite. Right. And sometimes you just got to walk away and elevate from the basement. I'd like to give my own analogy of that. Sure. And and yes, that's very relatable. And I, I definitely like that. What we call them, what I've deemed them are tabletop people. And so basically, mm. if someone's on a tabletop, on the top of a table, and someone's on the floor. Okay. One of them are going to win. And so do you want to be helped to be on top of the table or pulled down to the floor? If you're pulled down to the floor, more than likely you're going to end up being there and suffering with the people that are on the floor. 
if you allow yourself to be pulled to the tabletop or help someone to get up on the tabletop, there's a good chance that there's going to be survival. And I just always remember telling myself in those drunken moments that I want to be on top of this table. I Mm. don't want to be on the floor anymore. This is not where I want to be. And so that's why those conversations would happen while I was drinking, because I wanted to let you know, this is not who I am. I don't want to be here for the rest of my life. Yeah. We've talked about this too, Corey, just our thoughts, where our mind takes us. And even through that darkness, even through that grip that something has on you, and you have those thoughts of, I can get out of this, I will get out of this, and you start to speak it. For me, when you're speaking words of life, and that's life, to say that I I choose to live, I choose to drop this addiction, there's something that happens, and I'm not saying it's magic, I'm not saying it's anything oh so mystical, It's just you're hearing what your mind is saying, and eventually it'll take. And you're speaking it into existence. Yes, and yes, absolutely. When I used to teach case management, this was one of my favorite questions. But if I have two smokers and they've smoked the same amount of years, let's say 30 years, I'm a nurse and I'm teaching them that they have to stop smoking. This is critical. Like you are in here in the hospital for chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD. Like we've got to knock it off. I have one person who says, well, I've never, I've never quit. There's, there's no need. And then you have one person who says, you know, I've tried and it's, it's pointless. I've tried like hundreds of times and I, I don't even know what to do anymore. Who's going to have most likely of a chance to quit smoking? Definitely the person that's tried to quit. Absolutely. Yeah. And and that's in every scenario you can think of in life. And that's doing good and bad. If you're trying to actively quit to do something, the chances are you're going to be successful. True. Say that. So to the people who are trying to quit, don't give up quitting. Even when people around you say, oh, I've heard that before. And I've said that to you, Corey. And I'm, I'm proud to say, and then I thank you for never telling me, oh, I've heard that before. You just kind of looked at me and you said, okay, you can do it. You got this. And I think that's why I hid stuff from you because I was like, oh my God, he had full faith in me and he didn't knock me down and still here I am, (laughs) you know? So if you love someone who's going through something and they're wanting to quit, just continue to be that support that says, okay, I hear you. Now, let's, you know, do it. And the motive behind that is simply self-love. You love yourself enough that you want to quit, that you want to stop, that you want to live and not die, or you want to live and not fail. Right. Succeed and not fail. Right. So my last question, Corey, a point that I want to really hit home with is you go from being non-centered, non-grounded. What currently is keeping you centered and grounded? I'm going to just expand on that a little bit. People say that if you're centered, grounded, and they're two different things, so I'm sorry that I'm mixing them up like this. But usually if you're centered, you know where you get your security, you know where your wisdom comes from, your guidance, your your empowerment. What is your center now? It's what you said. It's that moment-to-moment action that's always happening. I'm not trying to get to two years down the road, three years down the road to look back and see what's happened. Mm. It's every moment counts. Every second is valuable. Every tick of the clock is priceless. So 
it makes you become centered because you want to see the next moment. You want to see the next second. And when you do, you look back and you say, wow, look what I've accomplished now. Look where I am now. Look what I've done now. Look at who I'm with now. I mean, when you're not centered and grounded, you're sick all the time. You pick the wrong people to hang out with. Right. You pick the wrong mates and spouses. Mm -hmm. It's all kind of wrongs. But when you find that center and when you find that ground, that foundation, it seems like you're making a lot of good decisions, great decisions. It's making your life just feel phenomenal. Absolutely. A hundred percent agree. I hope that helps someone. And that's what this is all about. Right, Corey? Even if it was just for one person, we hope that this helped. We get so much from from these moments and we ourselves continue to learn. So thank you. Thank you time and time again for listening to Take the Elevator, where we say look up and let's Elevate. elevate.